A new report on gangs pours cold water on claims a zero-tolerance approach is the best way to deal with the problem. But Nationals is rejecting that, pointing to Western Australia and Queensland's tough anti-gang laws as effective examples of cracking down on gangs. The report published by the Prime Minister's Chief Science Advisor has warned the country cannot arrest its way out of the gang problem and it stresses targeted enforcement can make the problem worse. It also references Australia's experience and highlights the fact that laws meant to target gangs were more often than not used to charge people with no known links to gangs. Well, joining me now, the Queensland University of Technology Associate Professor, Mark Locks, who researches outlawed motorcycle gangs. Hi, Mark. Can you just give us a, a, a bit of a breakdown on how tough the rules are there in terms of non-association and patches and gangs mark- markings, please? Sure. So basically, um, Queensland was the first state to have successful legislation, meaning that it passed the High Court, because all the legislation was challenged. Um, What that means for people living in Queensland, since that went through, we don't see bikies riding around anymore. You don't see them on the streets, you don't see the big trains of bikies riding around. We're pretty much the only state that's been successful in that way, and one of the reasons was, is we were first be successful um we also don't see the violence you see regularly almost daily in new south wales because that 10 percent of bikies who do 99 percent of the crime that is committed by bikies pretty much left queensland and the the value of that is diminished as each state has brought in these tough laws the value and the ability to displace as we criminologists call criminologists call it people away has diminished. So now we're down to Victoria and Canberra and, well, there's nowhere else to displace them too. So Canberra has gone way up in violence. Um, Victoria is still suffering a lot of violence as well. So it's really, it, it's hard for bikies when the police are still focused on following them around and they can't ride in their colours and they can't mix together. It really is effective, but you've got to look at a lot of other factors as well about the history of how that was put in. So um, I note the your, your really interesting and good point that was found in New South Wales, that um, anti-consorting laws, if they're not specifically tied to the gangs, will get abused because it's an opportunity to apply them to people who are not members of gangs. And in New South Wales' case, that was mostly street kids rather than um, outlaw motorcycle gangs. Mark, just because you don't see them on the streets, that doesn't necessarily mean they're not committing crimes, does it? They're just away from your eye. No, no. But, um, as I said... We actually saw our hardcore criminals because we knew their names. They were in court cases. They were in the press. They moved into state. But if you're in Victoria now, there's nowhere else for them to go. So they're still committing crimes. They're just not committing crimes in Queensland. The problem New Zealand's got is there's nowhere to displace two. You're in New Zealand. Um, You've already suffered the consequences of us displacing people to New Zealand. And it's going to be hard to send them back. I don't think that's going to happen. So they're still committing crimes, but the rate of crime is lower. It's not actually happening as part of the gangs. So there's, there's two cultures in every motorcycle gang. The traditional, what they call the conservative culture, the riding, fighting, drinking culture, and the other culture is the organised crime culture where people take advantage of the riding, fighting, drinking guys to make money. And the riding, fighting, drinking is still going on. We don't see it as much, but it still occurs. We lost the other side. Um, if they've got nowhere else to go, they're still going to commit crime. They're going to 
still try and make a lot of money. And they may not, they don't need to be in a motorcycle gang to do that. So they become a completely separate problem then. Um, what actually is a problem is the combination of when those guys who are looking for the organised crime profit harness that violence of the club, that's when you see the inner club violence and the shootings and the murders that we've been seeing in Australia and New South Wales recently. And it's actually going on between two large clubs, which I won't name for both of our yeah. sakes for legal reasons, but um, they're having wars with local crime families because there's a $3 billion cocaine market just in Sydney. So it moved beyond the club now. The other thing, Mark, is that the issue of people joining gangs, right? So it may take away their visibility because they're not allowed to congregate in public and ride through the streets. But what evidence is there that laws like that stop people joining up to gangs? Or are they just effective punishments? Um, the effective way we have stopped people joining the clubs is to make it really hard to join. And again, that changes from state to state based again on when you brought the laws in and where the opportunities still are. We regularly find some clubs will set up a secret clubhouse and they'll try and gather guys in Queensland, but they're closed down fairly quickly. Whereas if you go to other states, they're far more successful of gathering men together. Like, um, there are clubs where in, in, say, the central post of New South Wales where the police every 12 months say, and we have closed down this club forever, and then they're back straight away. So it's not that successful. One of the reasons for that is, is right around the world, there's a very, very, very small proportion of men who find this lifestyle really attractive. And even if we ban them, they still want it. And that, that model is out there now in the community and they know about it. And that attraction isn't going to go away. So it's like a supply and demand. You know, um, how else can I live this hard fighting, riding lifestyle if not in an outlaw motorcycle game? And I try social clubs and it's, it's just, as they say, the social clubs aren't serious enough for them. They really want to join what an outlaw motorcycle gang gave them. And they're adult men. This isn't a street gang thing. This is an adult male thing. But we're talking 0.001% of the male population. We're not talking, you know, 100,000 men joining up. At the most in Australia, it was about 5,000. So it's a minority, but it's real and it isn't going away. Really good to talk to you, Mark. Appreciate your time. That is Mark Locks, uh, professor at the Queensland University of Technology. He specialises in researching outlaw motorcycle gangs.